Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, welcome back to the Hamilcast. I'm Jillian, and this is my third episode with Anthony Viniziali, also known as Freestyle Love Supreme's Two Touch, and my second episode with both Mike and Two Touch. And if that statement is confusing to you, it means you haven't listened to my first two episodes with Anthony, which, you know, is fine, but you might want to check out Eps 166 and 167 if you want the full experience. And why wouldn't you? Also, just a heads up, we get really emotional right at the top of this episode. Anthony tells a super moving story about FLS's own Arthur Lewis, Arthur the Geniuses, that involves a significant loss and how the crew worked through it live on stage during Freestyle Love Supreme's most recent run. It's a really amazing story. All right, let me get a mic check, please. This is microphone one. This is microphone two. This is says, OMG, I so wanted to talk to Anthony when we <laughs> saw him at Freestyle Love Supreme, but he seemed like he was so busy and I didn't want to bother him. Aww. The night we saw Freestyle Love Supreme, he did an amazing tribute to Arthur, who recently experienced a loss. Yeah. What consistently amazes me is that everyone in Freestyle Love Supreme works so hard to lift each other up and they are not afraid to do so publicly. Hmm. How do you cultivate that? Oh, great question. <laughs> I think a lot of it goes back to what we were talking about in the Freestyle of Supreme Academy, yeah. which is how do you create an environment where everyone feels equally valued? Uh, and for us, <clears throat> it's around being in circles mm -hmm. and making sure that you're really a stickler about occupying the same amount of space physically. So when you are in a circle and you share space equally, you say without speaking that your voice matters and I will see you. Because in a circle, you can make eye contact with everybody and you generally stay open. Um, this is based in a Laban anthropology around people who occupy more space have a higher status inside of their culture most mm -hmm. often. And those who occupy the least amount of space generally have the lowest status. So when you eliminate status inside of a group, I think it really says that we're here to care for one another. Yeah. And also, I, I think maybe it's that you know, you've known Arthur for so long and you love and appreciate and respect and want to, to honor yeah. what he is feeling. And it's amazing to me that you guys have this kind of relationship that could because i'm sure that you guys talked about is it okay if we do this publicly and he said yes because um i don't mean to contradict you no please do but we didn't talk about that beforehand you, good <laughs> I, i'm was, happy to be wrong in this because so here's the circumstance around that song uh utkarsh's mother was in the audience that night mm -hmm. and we asked the audience for a word for true and arthur had come out to sing the hook and I was out with sort of speaking to the audience and getting suggestions and someone shouted out my mom. And I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. Ukarsh's mom is in the audience. I said, great, the word is my mom. And I went to sit down. And as I was going to sit down, I looked at Chris Jackson who had gone ashen. And he looked at me and he went with just a heavy sigh. And I realized that he was sighing because he was feeling what Arthur had sent with his body, which was that I have to sing a hook about my mom. Uh -huh. And Arthur had just lost his mom about a month and a half ago. And I did not realize that when I took the suggestion. And I look over and I saw Arthur and he started singing. And I then remembered 
what happened. And I said, oh, well, I have to do this. I have to sort of talk about what Arthur's mom meant to all of us because that's what's happening right now. And I, I need to protect Arthur in a certain way as well because the audience is seeing him go through something pretty powerful mm-hmm. and they're not quite sure why. And so I started rapping about what had happened and how much we loved Arthur and how much he meant to us. And, you know, the emotion of the song got me and it got him. Uh, and then, you know, the song went where it went. Mm-hmm. But we have a trust in each other to allow those moments to exist um, because of the care we have for one another that, you know, I think Arthur was able to get through that song because he knew we would be there for him. Yeah. And I have never been so happy to be wrong about something truly because, and again, it's like even talking to you guys, like everything truly is happening in front of you. So it's even silly for me to assume that you had spoken about it when there was, when it was a suggestion that you asked for I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, But here's something like what if if arthur was like no i don't want to do that let's just say not saying he did or someone then i probably would have been like oh audience i apologize to you i'm gonna need to get a different word right yeah uh and then we would have gotten a different word it's that easy yeah i think you're right i mean you know we know each other pretty well that that even a a micro tell is still is a story that we can read about one another yeah so Claire is saying, uh, I had the chance to see Freestyle Love Supreme recently, and it was amazing. At the show I attended, the woman who told them about her day, uh, it just turned out to be a very uneventful day. She says, even in parentheses, seriously, she spent the day watching TV and doing her taxes. Mm-hmm. But their take on it ended up being hilarious. And it made me wonder, how much does having, quote, good suggestions or stories from the audience actually matter or affect your performance? For me, the operative word there is, good yeah suggestion i think anything that the the audience offers us has the potential to be good well you ask good questions well that's so lovely someone could say i mean truly i yeah. mean someone could say i sat on my t- uh, on my couch and watched tv and you'd be like well what did you watch sure what did you eat i mean you, i mean surely you got up and went to the kitchen and got something like, surely you snacked on something like right. you just sort of push them and i say that in the best way that's the pizza, you guys. Uh, the pizza has arrived. <gasps> Ooh. Delicious. I had a full grandma pie. Ooh. Two Ooh. Penne grandma pie. The gasps. Two penne alla vodka primavera. Oh, vodka slices. And a eggplant parm Is it my birthday? <laughs> because it sounds like exactly what I would want on right. my birthday. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I love this. And, and I've thought about it a lot, right? Which is... When you do improv, you're relying on this contract with the audience of they're going to give you material. Sure. And people in the audience will, they want to do a good job, right? They also want to be funny often themselves. So there's some people who are, look at me, right? And we try to get those out of the way pretty early, right? We try to- You're so good at being like, I hear you, I see you, moving on. Yes. Um, And and we don't want to repeat ourselves too. So we have this built-in valve of like, we've already done that. So let's keep it going. (laughs) You know, I mean, we're, we're still trying to, and even if we don't use that in that suggestion, I think there's still an opportunity that we have to reference it you know thereafter right we're we're letting the audience know that that we're upholding our end of the contract which is we're going to listen um and so when someone comes up and they've had let's say not a a particularly stellar day (laughs) to the audience's ears to that person up on stage that might still be a stellar day for them that might still be something that was important to them you know and and this person who i'm remembering specifically had traveled up from charlotte north carolina to be at the show and so i believe in her mind she was like yes i really did do something big i traveled all the way to new york but she didn't say that at first like if you asked her like what did you do she was like i sat around today i was at a hotel i sat around i had a bagel and a banana. Look, a New York bagel is nothing to sneeze at. That's true. That were on her floor. <laughs> that was part of what she had said as well. So 
sh- this person is is up there they're vulnerable mm-hmm. and i have to a make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. go islanders and b <laughs> i also have to make them feel heard and like a star that's my job right my job as the person who's up there interviewing them is to make them feel good and hopefully make them feel great and what we can do then thereafter is reflect back that this actually this is what musicals do is a heightened state of emotion right so we're going to now do that version even though it sounded quote-unquote pedestrian it has the opportunity to have great emotion attached to it Mm -hmm. that bagel could be nothing to sneeze at in fact that bagel can come to life Mm -hmm. that bagel can sing a whole aria about how they don't want to be eaten right they just want to live with his arms out like just (laughs) being a bagel yeah or jelly donut or jelly donut actually he's the one who is the bagel see this is why you're hosting for sometimes and and i think i was the banana (laughs) um you know and so we take those little moments that seem like they're throwaways and then heighten them to be a musical version of what that person is experiencing. And I think that person who was just up there feels that what we did actually has more veracity than the version they said out loud. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It One zillion percent does. Yeah. So let's get some plates and eat this because I have actually something, another person, another Patreon peep, her son, mm. when I was at the show, you guys told his story. I was, <gasps> I was at the show too. It's fine. Mike was there too. Yeah, Mike was there too. Mike <laughs> did the man spreading thing. Bill Sherman waved at us. No big deal. Um, but she, so I mean, I don't want to, I mean, there's pizza here, so I don't want to take away from, but it just seems like something that I should mention because yeah. uh, her name is T and uh, she actually uh, sent me Murray after the Bill Sherman episode. Ah. So I like have Murray. Murray's like my editing buddy. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but T is saying like, my son was up there with them and I was blown away by how much they could do with the information they received. And also, if you get a chance, please thank Anthony for not pulling back the curtain on the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. And she also loved your Brooklyn FLS episode. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. He is like 10. He looks 16. Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you remember that. That was weeks ago. How many, you've done this a zillion times. No, totally. It's part of this deep listening that I think yeah. your mind gets attuned to if you do freestyling enough. Mm-hmm. Gabriel came up and. And why, why did you choose him? He held eye contact with me mm-hmm. and it seemed like he really had something he wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he just wanted to share the air with us up there, which is also totally valid, especially for like a young kid. I could yeah. tell he was young. He does look old, but I was like, no, this is a kid. Right. Um, and sometimes kids can really surprise themselves. Uh, and so we brought Gabriel up and I immediately could tell he was like a little overwhelmed by the moment as well. Sure. Because you don't get to see the full audience from stage unless you're up Until there. Until you're up there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quite realize what it was like. And so I feel a great responsibility to take care, uh, like I said, of of that sort of person and their experience. I want them to walk away feeling great. I want Gabriel to be like, yeah, they got me. Um, And I I remember T saying to me afterward, wow, he had had a pretty rough week. And this was cathartic for him uh, to, to have been up there and for us to we treat everyone with the respect of of a giant because they've they've come up and done something very brave. Yes. That that's the other hardest get for us. Mm-hmm. Um is a good audience volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not one who might just want to be close to a celebrity, but someone who's like willing to really share what happened um mm-hmm. because it mattered to them. Right. Yep. So what was the, like, what about that? Like, just going back to the person who, ha- you know, was in their hotel room all day, but yeah. like had, like how, you didn't know before you were speaking to that person right. that they had this cool travel experience. So what was it about their like energy or vibe that made you think like, I want to talk to that. I want to talk to her. Yeah. You know, usually I try to put that parameter of like, make sure something happened to you today. Like, <laughs> it'd be great if you did something and that she thought that she had did something even though it was like pretty contained. Mm-hmm. Speaks volumes, right? So it's like, no, this person felt like they really 
went on a journey of some kind. Mm -hmm. And what I look for is people holding eye contact with me from the audience. So not that someone else raises their hand, not that they're kind of raising their hand, but that they're adamantly raising it for a while because I kind of reiterate the rules. And if their hand stays up during the whole rule reiteration, then I can tell that this person is not just wanting to do something for the sake of being on stage with a celebrity or looking good. They want to have a conversation. Yeah, they have something to say. They have something to say. All right, I'm going to get plates because the pizza's okay. like now plates. laughing at us. Just, just, just watching you talk to Gabriel was really amazing and you handled him with such care and he was nervous and he was giving one word answers and that became a thing. Yes. <laughs> For those of you that weren't there, Anthony, when Gabriel said he lost his last tooth, Anthony just turned to the audience and mouthed I think it was like don't you fucking dare like, don't, you, don't you fucking say a word and it was so funny it was, totally yeah it was awesome I, I did really enjoy that uh, part which is okay we know how old Gabriel is now he said he lost his tooth today that was the thing that happened to him he was like I lost a tooth today in school and he was like and I'm gonna put it under my pillow I was like oh, oh great uh, and so then I had an opportunity to create a game with the audience which was cool we're all in on this right mm -hmm. gabriel lost his tooth oh awesome and, and the tooth fairy is going to come and get it later and then i turned to the audience without gabriel seeing me and mouthed the words if you tell him <laughs> do not we're right and yeah. and the thing is it didn't feel mean right it didn't feel like we were making fun of him in any way and right. the fact that t emailed and like just tell him thanks yeah. for not doing that. Like it was, we were all in on it in the best way. Like to even to say the words like we were in on the joke seems like we were making fun of him in some way. And nobody was because you, you and everyone on that stage set the tone of like, can we just like follow this kid's day? Yeah. He like had McDonald's and he doesn't, he's really good at math and took the train know, from like, Wontaw. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just we were all kind of on this ride, and it's yeah. like, no, we don't want to bring Gabe, we don't want to bring him down. No, totally. we want to, we want him to have, we want him to see the best version of his day. Yeah, and and for anyone who comes up there, that's what we want to do. Yeah, it's it's sort of a I like this concept of inclusively exclusive, uh, which is you're sharing common language, but you're doing so in a way that everyone is along on the journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's created and it's rarefied because just that theater is experiencing it. So we all in the theater feel like we're in it together, but it's not at the exclusion of anyone else. We're going to need a brave audience volunteer to come up here and share their day with us. I saw this hand first. So come on right here. There's a stairwell right here, sweetheart. Tell me your name as you come up here. Patrice. Give it up for Patrice, Patrice if she has a seat. Patrice, 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 cut the Patrice, Patrice song. We don't have enough time. Great. Patrice, thank you so very much for coming up here with us. Just talk us through your day, sweetie. What time did you wake up? I woke up at 9. 9? Not bad. Not bad. That's great. Why did you wake up at 9? Because uh, I like to wake up at 9 and go to the gym. Yeah, that's like your routine. So where do you live and whom do you live with? Um, I live... In Brooklyn. Whoa! Brooklyn, we go hard. J Train. Uh huh. <laughs> Heard of it. Um, I, <laughs> I went to the gym, Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. And what's your routine? What did you do? Um, I usually do like 30 minutes on either the bicycle or the like elliptical. Whatever yes. you're doing, you look amazing. Yes. Oh, that's sweet of you, <laughs> Patrice. And what happens next? Did you have lunch? Um, I actually didn't. I, I'm just now eating. I'm not gonna... You had no lunch? No, I didn't have anything today. I... Oh my dear Lord, you're just getting food now. New York life. Everybody knows that New York life. I just... Right. New York yeah. life! Oh. Um, I talked to my agent today. I booked a job. What? Thank you, everyone! Agent booked a job! So you called your agent, you got a job. Congratulations. Thank we can't you. say the job because we could get sued. So. You then came here, and how did you get here? Well, I didn't come here. I actually went to an audition, and then I came here. Oh, you better work, girl. <laughs> so you I went here to see you guys. So great. So Patrice, stand up with me, darling, because I have a very special treat for you. We're gonna do a hip hop musical version of your day, and playing your body will be Shockwave, <laughs> and playing your mind will be none other than Lin Manuel Miranda. So give it up for Patrice as she heads back to her seat. She did a great job. Awesome job, sweetie. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your job.
We got that New York life. Ha! 8.59. Nine o'clock. All on the planet. Gotta go do my workout, damn it. Cause I had too much pasta. And I got an audition today. I don't wanna be an imposter. My name's Patrice. I'm about that New York life. And uh, I'm feeling so darn nice. This is, it's okay. I gotta do some fitness to start my day. And so I'm working hard, yo. I'm turning up the audio when I get on the bicycle and do some cardio. And yeah, I'm on the bike. And yeah, I'm doing this bike while I'm on the mic. Yeah, yeah. I'm about the New York life. You better fix your face. I'm about that New York life. Ha! All right, I feel real nice. I put on my really crazy tights and then I go and I cheer and I call to see if I book that show. The secret show. Call my agent. Yeah, I'm in frame. I'm ready to get whatever news you throw at me. New York life. Well, listen, I, I'm, I'm prepared to tell you that you've booked the job. You've got a week till you start. Hit that treadmill, honey. Oh my God. You look fabulous. Congratulations. So I booked that job and it's such a treat. I am so damn happy I forget to eat. And I go to an audition, yo, and I gotta get my sides before the show. Here's my audition. Please come in next. Uh, we're gonna have you read with a minor celebrity. His name is Utkar Mbudkar. It was in a small movie called Mitch Perfect. No big deal. Oh, Mitch Perfect 2? This is Mitch Perfect 2. Anytime you're ready, go ahead and take that scene. Yeah. This acapella is the greatest. You'll never beat us, girls. <laughs> Getting it. You were amazing. We'll call your agent. I awesome liked job. I liked her. So I get on the J train going insane And I got so many thoughts going through my brain I forget to eat, but I gotta go to show And I go and sit in the second row And I get off the J train and I'm at Joe's Pub And yo, New York Life, what's up? New York Life! New York Life! Sit in the row when you sit in the row And ladies and gents, we wanna thank you all for coming out this evening Coming out this evening, this evening Ladies and gents, we wanna thank you all for coming out this evening Coming out this evening good with this pizza right Ugh. if we all were able to have a delicious slice of pizza once a day i think the world would be a better place i mean right yeah yeah margie is asking so she was at the show she says yesterday but mm. this is now days after maybe weeks after uh and she said that your two little girls peeked out from behind the curtain mm. and waved to margie in the bathroom line they were the cutest they <laughs> sat with your wife in the mezzanine and that you communicated with them throughout the show i'm so curious to know what your wife is like and what she thinks of all this and at what point that you thought that your little kiddos were ready to see the show. Mm. I kept looking back at them to see their reactions. He was ridiculously sweet when he talked about them. <laughs> and she's asking, so this is going to be a little bit of a trend with, because um, this is sort of the section of where people are talking about like little freestyle love Supreme mm. and, and how it just the idea of like younger people yeah. and kids being involved. So Margie's saying that, uh, you know, this run of the show especially is attracting a younger crowd. She said there were many young like five to seven year old kids at the show i attended yeah and she says i assume this is uh newer for them i wonder how the show has changed knowing that a much younger crowd has started to surface so a lot from margie yeah um let me start with my partner yes uh so i call caricia catalani my partner yes because we don't use the term wife and husband mm -hmm which was derived from the concept of animal husbandry, which means you own cattle or the wife is part property to the man. So the phrase seems antiquated to us. So we use partners. And oftentimes when I say, oh, well, my partner, people will A, assume that she's a man mm -hmm. or B, assume that it's someone who I do business with. They're correct on both parts. No, uh, <laughs> she's, she's not a man to my knowledge, although there might be middle sex parts of her that she doesn't know about. I doubt. Um, <laughs> but we do business together. So we, we often work uh, on projects together around sexuality education. So right. we were just sort of discussing this during the little break session when we were eating. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working on trying to uh, revamp the sexuality education in the San Francisco Unified School District. So she inspires me. She pushes me. She does amazing work in the world. 
she has done HIV AIDS research uh, around the world. She now is the director of health portfolio at IDEO. And she is passionate about her work. Mm-hmm. And she has for a very long time been really adamant about maternal and child health. And I make jokes. <laughs> so it works out pretty well for us. Well, I uh, would not sell yourself no, short, but g- go ahead. Continue what you were saying. There's there's a nice balance there. And for better or for worse, it's become a bit of a template inside of the Free Solo Supreme family, which is our significant others tend to be a lot smarter, A. B, do work that is very much about advancing uh, the betterment of society. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and see, they're much more attractive than we are. So <laughs> we've got that going for us. And and I am... Look, I'm not fighting you on any of that. Totally, I'm just saying. Totally. What, what Freestyle of Supreme is doing is great, but I have to tell you. I know. Seriously. I mean, the partners are really kicking ass. It's it's unbelievably true. Uh, and then my kids. I have uh, two daughters. Osiella, who's mm-hmm. the youngest. She's five. And Jataya, she's the oldest. She's eight. Um, they're both very strong independent fierce little creatures already mm-hmm. both pretty resilient uh oc is operatic Ooh. in scale and <laughs> jataya <laughs> jataya is uh a very serious young lady she she takes her responsibilities seriously mm-hmm. she takes making up jokes very seriously oh so she and i do joke of the day and this is something i totally recommend to other parents and or uncles um it's he says s- as he looks to mike i'm a cool uncle <laughs> such a cool uncle um so about a week before i left to do the run of freestyle of supreme i started telling jokes every day to my oldest daughter jet and we would workshop jokes as well so tell a joke and then she'd be like cool and i'd be like great what do we want to workshop a joke about and she started to get really invested in that she loves puzzles she loves wordplay and she's really at the age the perfect age of puns and and double meaning doubles entendres and so while i was gone what we would almost always end up doing on the phone with each other was doing the joke of the day so we i do facetime with them twice a day in the morning when they wake up before they get ready for school and then at night when they're having dinner which you just did which i just did here yeah exactly and joke of the day is the thing that she is her imagination is completely captured by and she can't wait she looks forward to it. it's the first thing she asks me what's the joke of the day <laughs> and sometimes uh i'll have something that you know i've i've already sort of read or thought about and then other times we'll sort of work on something and mm-hmm. like the most recent one that i think we had a pretty successful run at was I, she was making dinner with, with my partner and I said, let's make up a joke. And she said, all right, well, what can we make it up about? And I was like, well, look around you. What's in front of you? And she looked in front of the cabinet and was some spaghetti. And she was like, some spaghetti. I was like, great, let's make up a joke about spaghetti. What's funny about spaghetti? And she said, well, I can get droopy. I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Droopy <laughs> spaghetti. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and I said, what else? What about, what are some of the words that you use for spaghetti? She's like, spaghetti, um, pasta, um, penne. I was like, okay, great, great, great. Let's let's start putting that all into the ingredients. Uh, and she also really loves jokes about things that fly. So, for example, one stock joke that she really enjoys is, <laughs> why did the caterpillar throw butter out the window? Why? Because she wanted to see a butterfly. Uh, so I said, all right, well, what if we tell a joke about spaghetti flying? She was like, oh, yeah, spaghetti can't fly. It's so droopy. I was like, perfect. So now we got the visual, the droopy, and we see it in the air. So I said, all right, so how do you make spaghetti fly? She was like, mm, I don't know. That's hard. I don't think spaghetti could fly. I was like, well, that's great. Maybe it's impossible or maybe it's impossible. And then she said, well, it's also impossibles. <gasps> and I said, there it is. <laughs> That's impossibles. <laughs> How do you make spaghetti fly? You can't. It's, it's impossibles. So that's workshopping you, a joke. That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. It's uh, super fun. At first, I thought that you would make a joke. You would write a joke, and she would write a joke, and the two of you would come together and then talk about it. Uh huh. I did not. Th- what you do is way better than what I don't I, know. That sounds pretty great too. <laughs> that sounds pretty good because sometimes she'll then hear a joke. She's starting to tell the jokes to her friends at school, and so sometimes she'll come and sort of on the phone. She'll be like, "I have a joke of the day for you," which is super fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so she'll tell me a joke, uh, and then I'll I'll enjoy it, and then and then we'll maybe workshop another one, or it, it depends. 
I love that you're workshopping jokes with her. That's the coolest thing. It's the coolest. It's super yep. fun. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, my kids, uh, we, Creasy and I had a, a bit of a conversation slash debate about whether or not to bring them to the show. I definitely was like, yeah, Jet, I think Jet's ready to come see the show. Uh, Utkarsh generally curses a lot. And I was like, she's fine with that. And then I thought, okay, OC, she's a little bit of a wet noodle. She, if she sits still more than like five, 10 minutes, it's a miracle. She's mm-hmm. five years old. Yeah. So she's like, well, get me out of here. Mm. And then I was like, ugh, well, do we just have Jet go and Creasy and then get a babysitter for OC? And then Creasy was like, can you imagine if your brothers went to a show yeah, no. that your dad did and you didn't go and they all talked about it? No, afterwards? that would be horrible. Mm. I was like, worst idea ever yeah. mm-hmm. so i was like you are totally right and i'm the youngest uh of, of five boys i was like you're the youngest of five boys hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fratelli it's a lot of brothers and so i was like oh you're total. i would have been apoplectic i would have been like Oh my God, the FOMO Beside out of control. Myself. Yeah. So I was like, you're right. Let's definitely have OC go. And she was like, I'll just have OC sit on my lap. And I was like, okay, good idea. And I put them in the mezzanine because I thought that would be the best vantage point for OC and Jet to see onto the stage because mm-hmm. you really look down on the stage from up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, cool, let's put them up in the mezzanine. That's That seems like a good spot. And it was so amazing. Really? It was so amazing. They really loved it. They and I didn't have any expectation as to what they would think of the show. You know, I was just mm-hmm. like, they're gonna see it. And yeah. I only had one other interaction with my kids around me being in front of an audience. And so I speak at education conferences a lot, and I talk about improv thinking as a tool for teachers to engage students. Um, and I was at an education conference in Portland, Oregon, which is where. Creasia grew up and so I brought the whole family up because we were spending time with her family as well her dad still lives there in Portland and she brought the girls to the tail end of, of one of the workshops that I was giving for like an audience of 200 and I was standing up in front of the room and they enter the room and my oldest daughter like walks up to the front of the room grabs my arm and starts pulling me and is like get, what are you doing <laughs> all these people are looking at you get Aww. out of here <laughs> she was so overcome with this you know feeling of you can't have people look at you right get out of here (laughs) so i was a little concerned that she would see me on this stage and then also be like oh no Mm -hmm. they're gonna see him he shouldn't be there that's embarrassing (laughs) uh and then my other daughter saw that she came up and oc ran up to the stage and jumped right in my arms so i gave the last 30 minutes of the education conference talk with my daughter in my arm. I was like, well, right. this is improv thinking. So yeah, it yes worked and. out fine. Exactly. <laughs> there we are. Um, and I love having kids in the audience. I think it's super cool. I, I think they're there because for a lot of different reasons and their parents are super excited about them being exposed to this art form. Yeah. Um, and to these people who we are in the world. Did you notice any written suggestions from your family? The night, the night that they were there? No, I didn't notice any rec- uh, written suggestions. But when they were there and I asked for the true word, mm-hmm. my youngest daughter, so the prompt for true is, tell us something that is important to you, something you can't live without, a word that's really important to you. And she shouted out, my daddy. Mm-hmm. Are you, can you say I, I wasn't, exp- I mean, I, I heard it and I said <sighs> to the audience, I said, okay, well, my daughter just <laughs> shouted out my daddy, so... I have to take it. <laughs> uh, and we walked back up and uh, I was last to go and true that night. And so, you know, I talked about raising independent, strong, resilient young ladies uh, and helping them to break the mold of girls will be girls mm-hmm. uh, and to not settle for boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that sexuality is, uh, you know, gender is fluid and I'm excited about being a 21st century dad. I'm excited to see like no pressure. And I re- I mean this genuinely, like I'm just excited to see where they go with, yeah. with these two like strong, smart, badass parents. <laughs> oh my God. It's exciting. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm glad it does. I, and you know, my expectations of them are that they will a aim for being happy, mm-hmm. b be resilient, and c be able to communicate their feelings and emotions with 
us yeah. and with others. Sometimes they might not be able to do it with me all the time, but right. at least one of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just raising people who are just putting goodness out there. So that's the hope. You know where gender fluidity can be tricky? Where? When, where and when you're working the merch table <laughs> at your wife's live show for her true crime podcast. Oh. Am I to assume? Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to offend you, anyone. You don't want to be... <laughs> Because you don't want to be a dick one. about it. <laughs> so let's one. let's come let's workshop this. So what do you think would be a good prompt to help you not feel like a dick and then feel included? Um, the the best I could come up with in the moment was to just say we have since we had male slash unisex, we called the men's also unisex. So I would say to that person, you know, we have unisex and women's. That was the best I. So you would could give them the with. option. Yeah, I would always give them the option. Mm-hmm. Was was yeah. there anything that happened that you felt like that you said the wrong thing? I always feel like I say the wrong thing. Well, that's if just, you could just ste- me being step, me. step out of it though, like <clears throat> there was nothing that happened. There was no one that responded to you and being like, "How dare you?" No, but there were moments where I was like, I, "That was that was right. the worst that it was." Nobody was nobody was expressed any kind of. But offense. you want to feel good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting one. So if you were the ma- if you were the manager of the merch table, what would you have had to say? I think if it's ever unclear, it might just be nice to say we have two different cuts. I want to make sure you get the one you want. Mm-hmm. Would you like the unisex, which looks like this, or would you like the women's, which looks like this? Mm-hmm. So make it about like what their preference is, mm-hmm. just from a look point of view. Yeah, which is kind of what you did, only not as specific as yeah. because the fo- there was like the image of yeah. like here's what. Yeah. The V-neck or the knot or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think what you're making it there is about the preference, though. So, right. So, if you say we have two different cuts, what do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Then that allows the person to say, "Oh, well, I might be a man, but I prefer to have women right. shirts, or I might be neither, and I prefer unisex or totally. whatever it is." Cassie is asking, "What has been your favorite experience doing a workshop in a classroom or with kids?" And also, I'm an English teacher. How do I get you in my classroom? Aw, first off, that's very flattering. I love being in classrooms. Uh, I think one of the yeah, almost every time there's a a, a similar uh, thing that I love about seeing a transformation take place. But it's the transformation that takes place. Mm-hmm. It's that a an atmosphere is created where all of the kids are interested in what each other have to say, mm-hmm. no matter what status you are, no matter if you're a cool kid or not a cool kid. When you get kids into a circle and they beatbox together and they do this thing together, there's a lot that's unknown. There's a lot for them that it's a level playing field. No one is going to be awesome at that yet. Mm-hmm. And there might be one or two kids who like beatboxed before, but they're still not going to like flex in that moment, <laughs> right? So there's this lovely sort of level playing field that takes place. Same with teachers. Like I'll teach this to teachers and they'll get into a circle and they'll do this beatboxing exercise as well. And no one feels like an expert, right? That's the great thing about freestyling. I don't feel like an expert. And I've been doing it for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Why don't you feel like an expert? Because every time you go to do it, it <laughs> there's a new set of parameters. Uh-huh. Do you learn something every time? Not every time, but are you, you're still learning things? I learn something every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, do you have those moments after a show where you're like, oh, I could have said that? You know, I try not to, to live in that backward or too forward thinking moment. Mm-hmm. And this is either a fault of mine or a true gift. Um, I let what happened happen mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happy because yeah. if it happened any other way then it wouldn't have been what it was. <laughs> I'm going to go with gift for that. It's easy to do that right. Like we were what we were saying earlier yeah. it's easier to go that way than it is to just exist and well, what happened. Well, I think it's because we cut off our impulse. Right. And I think we cut off our impulse because at school and in social circumstances we're often given this reinforced message that we can only speak up when we're right. Uh, or clever or when we look handsome or pretty Mm -hmm. Um, and those are really narrow ledges to walk on and so I don't know why and I don't know how but I do believe that it was improv that had a big part of this this ability that I have I said that if I'm going to not want to look back with a lot of regrets then I should just follow my impulses and so when I have conversations I generally follow my impulses even if they're quote unquote inappropriate for the moment um 
I don't think I ever offend anyone. I'm never. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to give myself the the freedom to go wherever my mind particularly wants to go. So I don't think I have many moments where I think back and I'm like, oh, if only I said. Generally, I'll have said it. But I do have a particular example that's very salient. Um, and it was during the In the Heights tour, national tour. The group that was putting on the national tour asked me to put together some workshops to sort of go in conjunction with the show being in these different cities. And <clears throat> I'd hired David Diggs to do it with me up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so David and I walk into a school in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and always you will be met with resistance upon sort of the first five minutes of this thing. Why? Well, you're a stranger. So you're, you're an unknown quantity going into the room. Maybe if David was who he is now when we walked into the room, it'd be different. But someone who's leading an educational workshop tends to not be a well-known commodity. Mm-hmm. Tends. Okay. So you're a bit of a new unknown therefore potentially untrustworthy character they don't know me they don't know david they don't know us they don't know what our intentions are and you have everything to lose as a high school student or a middle school student socially if you expose yourself high schools and middle schools just the worst horrible it's emotionally the most landmine (laughs) time for kids because they they're they're changing so much they have no idea what's going on and and they're incredibly awkward and so all you want to do is to blend in you just want to not stand out that's generally the mo of most seventh eighth and ninth graders Mm -hmm. and we're asking them to do an exercise where they're going to make crazy noises together (laughs) By about 30 minutes in, we had a beatbox battle between one side of the gym and the other side of the gym, and the place was rocking. Yes. (laughs) I mean, like, you could feel it in your bones rocking. So cool. And that was within 30 minutes, David and I were able to kind of, like, gain and garner that trust, and I think it's because we use the vernacular of Mm hip-hop. So what I love most about these teaching situations is we're using this ubiquitous language, this, this... common phraseology that exists almost everywhere on these kids headsets rap shows music tv commercials whatever it is it's everywhere and it's a part of their their pathways and their brain and it's also a part of their person their part of their brain that says this is acceptable this is cool this is something that i would like to be a part of and so when you use that language with them then there gets to be a pretty quick buy-in so what was it like to watch that knowing how you were at, at that age or how, how people can be at that age? Oh my gosh, if someone came into my school and said, we're going to do some rapping today, I would have been like, <laughs> this is my dream. Because <laughs> I was listening to like, oh gosh, I mean, this is going to date me. But the first rap song that I have learned the entire, every single word to was Around the Way Girl by LL Cool J. Oh. Mm-hmm. She likes to dance to the rap jam. Brown sugar with the candy yams, honey coated complexion, using cafe. Let's see it for the girls, she's from around the way. And I learned every single word of it by taping it off of the radio mm-hmm. on a cassette and rewinding it and playing it over and over again. And then I got young MC Stone Cold Ryman, uh, <laughs> who was a Hunter College graduate, actually, classmate, mm-hmm. uh, alumni with Lynn. I memorized the entire album. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is how my brain works. And then after that, I proceeded to buy lots of rap albums and memorize every single word front to back on the mm-hmm. entire albums. And- Probably by about 10th grade, I'd memorized 80 rap albums front to back. So every single word on every single song the whole way through. Um, and that was like one of my favorite things to do. It's how I put myself to sleep at night. I would listen to rap albums and it the, the mathematical equation of the words falling into place is what soothed my mind to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I had a pretty strong neural network built and in mm-hmm. place around the vernacular and the, the language of rap. Interesting. I would play Nintendo and listen to License to Ill and then go back and do Paul's <laughs> Boutique. 
Ooh. Uh, and then I, I remember going back and realizing that like, oh, Paul's Boutique is kind of what I, this is, I mean, it's a perfect, it's a oh. perfect, perfect record. Oh, that was um, my best friend Abe's old top album of all oh, time. Oh, yeah. He was. But the idea that you could go to sleep to it, that it wouldn't, like, you wouldn't want to listen to the words and, and like, rap it. Like, it, w- it was so soothing to you. It was really interesting to me. Do you ever play Tetris so much that when you dream, you see the... <laughs> I could see and that. And now we dance the Tetris. <laughs> well, even if you... If we're, like, packing something, if if Mike says, like, all right, we got to play I Tetris I hear the Tetris with music. This. Every time I'm loading up a trunk, I hear the Tetris music. Yeah, and yeah. if you say, like, all right, like, even in our fridge, we got to play Tetris with this. And right. it's like, well, now it's in my head all day. Freestyle rapping is a lot like that. When you freestyle rap enough, you start dreaming in freestyle rap. <laughs> it's like learning a language as well. It's so funny because my best friend Ashley, who I was telling you, who who is down at Harvey Milk. Yeah. When she was learning French in high school, the minute she learned that she was like, I think I can speak French because she started dreaming in French. Yep. That's so amazing that you say that. Yeah. It's really, I, very much. I yeah. think that's, that's definitely how I assimilate. Like that's in my mind's eye, I see it a very equal formula. Yeah. Just always wanted it to be a Russian. I know there's never a voice to it, but it definitely has that. I was gonna say it sounded a little like it's on the Mario in how you said it. Tetris. I got like a Bella Lugosi. Sami. Pull the strings. Sorry. Fuck you! It's cold. You come in here. You pull the strings. Uh, my friend, my writing partner, and I will randomly yell, pull the string at each other oh. because of that scene from fucking Ed Wood. Ed Wood. <laughs> it's so, so good. That's my favorite part of that movie for sure. <laughs> Morphine with a Demerol chaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How, yeah. Anthony, two touch. Thank you so much for hanging out. I oh mean, you goodness. and Mike are going to have, what, like four podcasts I think you guys just started? Hey, soccer, soccer, hockey, Ed Wood, hockey, sport agents. sporting mm-hmm. things, the sports ball, whatever. <laughs> Go um, local sports team. Yeah. Well, we have uh, we have Paul's Boutique to listen to mm. and a lot, many, I was going to say many pizza to eat, lots of pizza to eat. So many pizza um, to eat. But Anthony, thank you so much for hanging out. It's, it's really, um, you guys are doing so much good work and the show is so hard to do. So I, I really appreciate it that on the snow day, on your one night off, <gasps> you're coming and hanging out here. Snow day. Snow day. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Thank you peeps for all of your questions. Thank you listeners. Of course, like these three years, you're still hanging out with me. I appreciate mm. it so much. Uh, I will talk to you so soon. I love you. I am G dot pen. I am PF Chang. <laughs> <laughs> I am M. Smith. I was going to say, you still Mike's. Mike loves P.F. Changs. I love P.F. Changs. <laughs> Thanks for having me at the last minute, you guys. Well, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you buzz, you live here, you're my husband. I do. <laughs> it's like it's a whole thing. I could have put headphones on and read my book. I'm glad oh, I got to hang here. with you guys instead. Come on. Uh, so, real quick, that's a fun game to play, by the way, in what? the A. Burr song. Yeah. So, in the A. Burr. Oh, my, right? your obedient servant. Your obedient servant, okay. or names that would never be in that song oh let's do that pf chang (laughs) l ron hubbard (laughs) c dot manson yes (laughs) t dot bundy see i'm still in the the true crime you are right yeah well they wouldn't be in that song yeah but no also wait so you're gonna send me all the links to put underneath because we shouted out so many things yes so ars nova everyone like oh yes donate to yeah, let's Ars talk Nova about that. just opened a new theater, yeah. uh, and they always, always, always put all of their money back into their artists. Yes, so everything they do is to serve these amazing new up and coming, beautiful playwrights and singer songwriters and shows that I think really are making a difference in the landscape of our theater. Right. So this this episode will come out. You guys, this is going to be the first time where we all signed off, and then we're going to sign off again with words with with names that we never would do. So then we're going to play your game. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, so this episode is going to come out uh, long after the Freestyle of Supreme uh, run is is gone. But so I just want people to know that you can always help support that cause because yeah. it's really 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 important. So Totes. please do that. Uh, Speechless, yes. Oh yes, speechlessinc.com. Okay. And you're not on social media at all. Me. Yeah, you are not. All of my company. I generally run most of the like the company thing. So Freestyle Love Supreme. Is that you? That's me. <gasps> <gasps> so when I DM'd you, that yes. was 
that right. was me that was you okay so should we take it again and should we do now like what we would never ever ever say yes all right so let's take it again rewind um you guys thank you so much for listening i love you anthony mike thank you guys so much for joining me mm. i'll talk to you so soon <laughs> mm-hmm. you gotta sing it <laughs> i am john wayne gacy <laughs> nice. i am j dot snow <laughs> Yes. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> hey, I got my Lincoln socks on today. Oh, that that's maybe what did it. <laughs> yeah. Just in anticipation Why of do that. I always go to horrible, Ad-lib. horrible murder people. Just oh. a nightmare. Fam, it's Jillian again. I'm jumping in here for some more clarity on the social media. Follow Anthony and FLS at Freestyle Love on Twitter and Freestyle Love Supreme on Instagram. Mike is at MP Smith NYC on all the things. His new podcast is Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. You can find it anywhere. They're on Twitter at Ted and Michael or you can hashtag Ted and Michael. And yeah, that's it. Okay, sorry. I love you all. Bye. is brought to you by my love of the thing TM and my complete lack of chill please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never ever get over thank you thank you thank you to become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests get tons of behind the scenes access and join the best kindest and most welcoming corner of the internet go to patreon.com slash the Hamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag team no chill. I'm at the Hamilcast on all social media and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know, Mike, and can be found at the residuals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of theater people and Broadway backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution! revolution!